All right. Hey, Trinity. Good to see you all. This is Pastor Kurt, and I'm here talking with David Sheeran today from Street Life Ministries. David was scheduled to preach with us this week at Trinity, but because of different changes, obviously with the coronavirus, he won't be here this week. So we want to get a chance to check in with him and hear about what life is like for Street Life Ministries, what life is like for the homeless community in Redwood City right now, and just hear from him about uh, street life and how we can continue to support him. So glad to have David with us today, and I just wanted to be able to check in. How's it going, David? How are you? How's the ministry going? Yeah, doing really good. Nice to see you, Kurt. And glad that we've uh, had a little bit of time to chat beforehand and catch up, and glad to be a part of it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This has definitely been like a challenging time in life. You know, that's what the church is talking a lot about. It's been challenging, but we obviously have a lot of faith and hope in who God is in this moment, for sure, you know, and so uh, we can remain like steadfast on that hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And we've really been trying to latch onto that in the last five months of time. It's been a hard time for a lot of folks. So yeah. uh, what's it been like for you in ministry during the coronavirus with street life? Yeah, you know, um, it's been it's been an interesting little roller coaster ride. I I will say that uh, for us, it's it's really been a blessing that because of the fact that we're not just a church on the street, that we're um, a food program. So when the coronavirus hit, I don't know if you guys, you know, it's been what six months now, but it felt like the first three or four days, everything was changing. Like almost every thirty minutes, there was a new standard you know, um, 200 people can gather. Then it was 150, then it was 50, then it was 10, then it was like everything has to shut, right? And, um, and just couldn't keep up with our website and our Facebook page, uh, page on what we were gonna post. And, um, you know, I've been a part of this ministry for 13 years and we um, kind of have been a one way, you know, we, this is how we do it and, you know, and, and, um, and we have it, our model down. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in 24 hours, we're having to figure out how to redesign the ministry. And I'm being asked by San Mateo County and Santa Clara County to be essential and, and not stop feeding. Um, but we can't gather. And so, um, you know, I'm very blessed. I, I, I you know, we have um, a really awesome uh, leadership team around the ministry. And so we just got together really quick and found ways to uh, continue to kind of gather, um, but in a Corona safe way and yet still serve. So we just basically went from, you know, a, a, a hot meal on a plate where everybody kind of sat around the ministry to everybody. Nobody's allowed to come on the lot to lining up. Um, and, you know, and with our folks, I mean, let's, you know, be honest with you, uh, asking our folks to stay six feet apart from each other is um, a lot harder than I would say than um, most average folks. Um, and it's because our folks are very social. Um, they, they live together, they sleep together. You know, it's, um, you know, I, I, I would say that my wife and my son and I, you know, we're a family unit and we're, and we know that, you know, it, and we've learned through the coronavirus that being together as a family, well, we, we're sharing the same atmosphere. So we don't need to sit six feet away from each other. What people don't understand is that the homeless community is that same family unit. So asking them, you know, to separate um, is, it doesn't make sense to them because they're living together. So we've, we've also have learned how to adjust to understanding that as well. Um, it's not as um, black and white. You, you must stay six feet apart from each other. 
Um, so we've, what we've done is like, Hey, if you're not in the same camp spot, um, you know, and you don't live with each other, we ask for you to keep a safe space. But if you basically live together and you, you know, kind of are in the same camp, so we, we kind of know our folks, um, and our folks, the beginning was kind of interesting. Um, our folks, and at first they didn't understand it. They thought, what, what have I done wrong? Um, they didn't realize that this was a worldwide epidemic. Um, you know, not everybody, like, I don't know about you, but not everybody is so glued to their social media and news like I was. And, you know, you're hearing all this stuff so fast. Um, our folks did, didn't understand, you know, what, one minute they're, they're sleeping on the bus at night and now there's no buses. Right. Um, uh, our folks go to the library to kind of hide um, from the elements. All of a sudden the library shut down. Um, our folks go to Starbucks or Pete's coffee or wherever to kind of bathe and, and get kind of like refreshed and have a little place to get a, a cup of coffee. Now all of a sudden they can't go in there anymore. Hmm. So our folks, you know, they already feel kind of shunned from society. And now within 24 hours, they're completely locked out of their normal routine. Um, you know, for myself, Personally, I mean, I, it was it was a, a, a hard, fast adjustment, but we were able to do it. You know, we have a home, we have a refrigerator, we have, you know, we have a backyard, we have these things that you don't realize how blessed you are to have these things until all of a sudden you're told, hey, you can't go in. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, you know, um, Siri wanted to weigh in on that. Um, yeah. But, you know, you don't realize how blessed you are to have these things until all of a sudden you're told, hey, you can't go out of your house, you have to stay home. And you realize, well, I'm so glad I'm not in a campsite. Um, so it really affected, it has affected and really affected our folks uh, um, who deal with drug addiction, um, a lot of depression, bipolar, schizophrenia. Um, you know, they just, our folks have got, they're riddled with so much stuff. And so we've had to do a lot more um, outreach. So my team, has been really good with the rubber gloves, the, the masks, the hand sanitizer, but continuing to keep going out to the campsites and letting our folks know that, hey, we love you. Um, this You're not alone. We're in this together. Um, and I think that's played a huge part. Um, you know, I'm um, San Mateo County has done a great job with, they've put wash, uh, I don't know if, if, if you noticed, but they've put wash bins they, they rented, uh, they got the, you know, when we got the, the FEMA uh, Federal Act money sent into San Mateo County, uh, Terry Chin and I from, from Fair Oaks drove all around Redwood City one Saturday and looked at all the good hot spots to put, you know, washing stations and, and, and portable bathrooms for our folks because they, they didn't have the library and the, the coffee stores to go to anymore. Yeah. And um, I think it really helped our folks realize that, hey, we do care about you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. And so now what, six months later, moving forward, we're, um, you know, we're serving, we're able to gather, um, more now, um, we're still doing to go boxes. Um, but we're allowed to have, um, up to 50 people come in as long as they stay six feet apart. We've changed our hours now. Uh, we normally, we started before we started at seven 30. Now we're starting at six 45. Um, our message starts at 710 now to 730. Um, it's something that we're going to continue to keep once, once, once and 
dear God, that this all ends. <laughs> I really am praying that there will be a day where, this, where we just look at this like, wow, I'm so glad that's, that's over with. Um, I know. We always keep talking about like when this ends, like how many times have we said that out loud in the last five months in life, you know? And oh my gosh. You know, and, and I think, you know, to be honest, just, you know, just as a, as a personal note, I, I think I chose the wrong time of year to grow a beard because wearing a mask with a beard is probably the most itchy and disrupting time and you know and that, um but anyway um you know so we're, we're now having church services and what's really been interesting is that um, um our folks that are coming to the service now um those are actually the folks that are really really trying to learn more about god because so what we do is <clears throat> is the first from 6 45 to 705 the gate is open and if you come through, you have to, you know, have to hand sanitizer, you have to have a mask. And then we have our chairs uh, six feet apart from each other and you have to remain in your seat. And then we have our worship and then we have a message. And then um, anybody after 705, they're lined up along the fence. Um, and so then those who came to the church service get in line, they get their to-go box, they have to leave one at a time. And then the folks along the line come in and get their to-go boxes one at a time. Um, but what we've noticed is, is there's been more people on the street, I think because of the coronavirus, I, I, I'm kind of like hopeful in this area, but I think that people are starting to realize that, Hey, you know what? I really want to latch on to something because this is, you know, I mean, since 1918, we've never had, we, we have not had anything like this yeah. kind of an epidemic. And, um, I think it's really kind of shaken some of our folks to their core, like, Hey, you know what? This is, this is no joke. And so we've got some of our folks actually reaching out more to God. So it's kind of been a little bit more of a kind of a blessing in disguise in some ways. Um, you know, I mean, you know me, Kurt. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a touchy feely, huggy handshake kind of a guy. And it's affected me in that area where I just, I want to just hug my folks so bad, you know, um, yeah. I still, I don't know about you, but I still, every time I run into somebody, I always put my hand out and I'm like, oh, that's right, right in the elbow. Um, no, it's super hard. I, I saw a friend the other day when I was coming home from church and I was like, I so badly just wanted to give him a hug, you know, and it's like, but we're not supposed to. It's just a, it's a tricky it's time. Weird. It's a really it's strange time. Maybe that's, I mean, what's another way that you've just kind of seen a gift or a blessing in this moment? I know, um, you know, that's one thing, like I've talked to like families in my church and for folks who used to just run ragged, they were part of the rat race of life, both family, both parents working, kids going to school, doing all sorts of activities. They always feel like they're on the edge of burnout all the time. And then all of a sudden they got to have breakfast, lunch and dinner together every day, you know, for like months because things changed and they were like, they were able to spend more time with family. So in some sense, there has been ways that people have experienced like a, a gift or a blessing in this moment. I don't know. Is there any kind of sense of like God showing up and giving a blessing or gift in this time to street life, to you, to the ministry? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I will add to what you said that the, the coronavirus, the first couple of months, my family, personally, we were in each other's face like 24 um, seven. I was, a, I was blown away how, you know, our son's 13 and um, I thought it was going to go bad. Um, it actually was, it turned out to be an amazing, we, we became so tight mm. in the last couple months and we were able to minister to one another and share the word of God with each other. And that's just beside the ministry. But I will, I, I second on what you said, our family unit 
has become so much stronger through this. Mm. And I'm hoping that there's, I know that there's what we talked about earlier. I know there's some families that are not, and there's a lot of suffering, suffering going on with some of the already unhealthy families um, and more so now, but I think some of the families that are centered in Christ, this has been a, a blessing, right? Um, it slowed everybody down enough to where they have to come uh, home and be, be with each other more. Um, one of the things I will say though, with the ministry is that, you know, we, we survived a lot of our meals came through tech companies. And when the tech companies actually basically just shut down, we lost a huge uh, food stream. I sent out messages to Trinity and to uh, Peninsula Covenant and CPC and a, a lot of churches in the area uh, uh, saying, hey, look, you know what, we, we only have a, one freezer and a refrigerator. We have about a week's worth of food um, and we're going to be out of food and we won't be able to serve. We have 28 churches that help support us in different ways. Every single church in one way or another, they flooded our refrigerators and freezers. And, you know, <laughs> with PCC having to actually shut down where that's where our kitchen is, we actually were able to acquire their refrigerator and freezer. Um, within, within three weeks of shutting down um, from the food stream coming in, the church has stepped up so much that we ended up have, we've got enough food right now. It should last us till the end of August. Whoa. Um, and it was just really amazing to watch the churches come together. The amazing home cooked meals that were flooding into our kitchen, um, just ready to go, um, was really, I want to, I don't want to get too emotional here, but you know, you, <clears throat> sometimes you, you, I think for me as a leader in the ministry, I'm so busy going a hundred miles a minute that you don't realize how much people really do care. Mm. And when I sent out those emails to see, <clears throat> to see the love and, and how fast people were willing to jump to help, um, just really touched my heart. Wow. You know, our folks have got to eat, you know, and, um, and, you know, one of the things that we've, you know, myself, I've thrown myself out there kind of publicly where I've promised our folks, Hey, we won't stop feeding you ever. Um, this coronavirus scared me, man. I was like, <laughs> Oh no, I'm going to be a liar. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, and the church, the church has supported that. Um, you know, and I will say we are getting close to the end of August and this, and this virus is not going away and things are shutting down. So if there's anything that you could, I could ask of your folks of Trinity is we need, we need food. We, we have about two weeks worth of food again. And um, I, after I get off of this uh, interview with you, I'm going to be sending out a, a mass email to a bunch of our partnering churches again, saying, Hey, look, we're, we're in a bind. We need food. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other is too, is one of the things that Trinity actually helps kind of start, and we've been doing it with other, other ch uh, churches as well, is if anybody wants to individually start a GoFundMe account mm. and they want to airmark the money for local restaurants, we've partnered with a lot of the local restaurants and we're buying food from them. Mm. Uh, number five kitchen in San Carlos, um, bird dog restaurant in Palo Alto, uh, Bob Ludikins in Menlo park in Redwood city. Um, uh, sandwich spot, uh, just some Chinese, uh, some Chinese restaurants. We've, 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 uh, they're giving us a discount on the food, but we're buying able to buy a massive amount and they're very appreciative of the food that we're buying from them. Um, so if anybody wants to do that or they want to do a direct donation to street life ministries and 
we changed our PayPal donation to where you, there's a toggle. So there's an actual restaurant. So if you hit the restaurant, we know where that money's going. So we have that money set aside to buy food from, from the local restaurants here. Um, and to us, um, I mean, I love the home cooked meals. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some, some of the folks in these churches, <laughs> they know how to cook, right? <laughs> but true. you know what, seeing, seeing that we are a ministry that not only do we, do we pour out to the homeless, but yeah. we're a community based ministry. Yeah. So the rest, the restaurants are hurting. So if there's a way for our, our ministry to help the homeless also help the restaurants, I, I can't see that not being a win-win situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause like what you were telling me about earlier too, you know, and you're talking about how like homeless folks used to go to those businesses to like wash up or clean up or get a cup of coffee. Now they can't do those things. Then it's like, well, you would want there to be some way of having kind of integrity and in relationships with all those things, with the ministry, with the homeless community, with other work you're doing in the community and the local businesses so that they would see each other as resources and partners instead of adversaries, you know? And so yeah. I can just see that being a win-win in all sorts of ways for what you're doing. That's awesome. That's really great. Yeah. So really quick, just, just as one of the things that I try to tell some of the local businesses yeah. is that, so our, our, our homeless community, you know, my hope is, is that every individual homeless person that I'm working with within, within time is going to be a productive member of society. Right. right. That's my hope. Right. Um, I know that sometimes it doesn't seem that way, but you'd be surprised. The, the individual that looks like the worst individual you've ever worked with in, in your life could actually be the one that's going to change. And you don't, you don't even expect it. Right. Mm. So what I always tell people is that, Hey, I brag about um, the, 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 the restaurants and the stores and the, the people like grocery outlet and stuff that are supporting us because I tell them, look, our folks are not stupid. When, when their life turns around, they're going to remember the people that help them. Mm -hmm. And when they have money in their pocket, those are going to be the places that they're going to patron. So eventually they will become your customer because they're going to walk in and say, Hey, you know what? One day I was living on the streets and we went through this thing called coronavirus and I was starving and your restaurant supported the meal to feed me. And now I have a job and I'm here and I'm, I want to buy a dinner. Right. That's where the paybacks just keep, you know, it just, it's, it's uh, what's that thing called? Pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Paying it forward. So, yeah. So I, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, our folks will, they, they, they're grateful. They're very, very grateful people. And um, you know, you have a, a, a lot of your folks from Trinity that have been a part of this ministry for a very long time. You know, like Mike, uh, Mike Garut, who <laughs> without fail has come with his dozen hard boiled eggs every month for years now and but you know you you don't you don't think that that's touching somebody yeah but they're asking for them yeah right? hey where's the guy with the where's the guy with the vietnam hat and the eggs you know <laughs> they don't know his name but they know his hat and they know his eggs but that's but that's that personal touch that down the road when when one of those guys runs into mike they'll shake his hand because yeah. they might not know his name but they know that hat and they know who he is you know, and so I tell people that all the time, you, you know, you're, you're touching our folks individually in their mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, what, what do they say? What do they tell a, a, a woman that's looking for a man? They say through a man's heart is through his stomach. Right? <laughs> so, 
Well, our homeless, our homeless folks, it's the same thing. You know, you really want to win our folks over. You're going to win them over with a, with a hot meal and it's personal, right? I've had so many of our folks come up to me through the years and say, you know, I was walking through a parking lot and I saw a homeless person coming towards me and I thought in my head, oh my gosh, they're going to ask me for money. And they walk up to me and they go, hey, aren't you the, the, the mom that was, didn't you just serve a homeless, homeless meal the other day? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They go, well, I was, well, I was there. I just wanted to say thank you. Blew them away because their mind was that they were going to panhandle and the guy saw them and wanted to thank them. That's awesome. We've been, uh, I've been thinking about this a little bit while we're talking. We've been in a worship series on Acts of the Apostles all this summer. And it's so interesting reading Acts for a variety of reasons. You know, the spirit is so activated in it and leading us in different directions in our life and what we should be doing with it. But one of the things I always keep noticing is it keeps coming back to having a healthy relationship with our possessions and what we have in this world, you know, and not having an unhealthy relationship with that, but a healthy one. And it's often healthy when it's uh, giving it away, you know, it's like not hoarding, not taking so much, taking care of yourself and your family, obviously, but not hoarding it all, you know, but like giving it back to the community and service to people around you. And so anyways, I just think your ministry is an outlet for us to have a healthy relationship with our possessions, which is a way of like, seeing the faithfulness of God at work in our life. You know, like if we have that sense of being faithful to who God is, then we're faithful in the way that we're sharing and we're being a part of the community at large and for folks who are really in need, especially in this time. So that's, that's cool to hear some of those stories, Dave. Thanks for sharing about that. How, um, yeah, man. so you let me know about some of those details about how to keep supporting. I know the church really wants to keep supporting and they always do. And the people love you and they love the ministry. They want to keep supporting. So I'll be sure to share those details. How can we be praying for you, man? Like for you and your ministry, for the ministry, how can we be praying for you? So, um, you know, uh, we are still trying to move forward in a, in a, in a vision that I've had and that's to, to buy a building. Um, the building would be a industrial commercial kitchen with walk-in refrigerators and freezers. Um, it's going to be a, it's a couple phase operation, but the, the overall arching operation is to become a vocational training program. Um, we want to start a culinary school, um, a financial training, you know, like basically kind of like a job train and that, that, that they have in uh, Menlo Park, but something here in Redwood City and basically designed around our homeless folks um, to get them uh, learn how to do budget planning, home ec, uh, like a BSF class, like a Dave Ramsey financial uh, planning course, right? Um, everything that the, everything that we know how to do normally, where we need to train our folks, basically from from ground from ground level up, right? Mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, what I'd like to do is kind of like a Delancey Street model. Um, we would like to kind of have restaurants, but our restaurants would be food trucks mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So it's it's a it's about a five or six phase uh, uh, thing, but if you could be praying for that, because as you know, trying to find real estate in San Mateo County has been just, <laughs> it's, it creates, it's insane. You know, it's really interesting. You know, just really quick. I went to Minnesota on vacation last week and I saw this 40,000 square foot building that sat on uh, 12 acres of land and the price tag was $149,000. <laughs> and I looked, I, I looked at that and I thought, I told my wife, I said, I think they've got the comma and the decimal point in the wrong area right <laughs> I, I called the real estate guy and the guy goes yeah it's 149,000 or best offer 
or best offer. Or best offer. I couldn't even, I said, I told her, I go, well, I'm from California and I live in San Mateo County area. I said, I couldn't even buy the bathroom for $149,000. I just, I thought maybe it was wrong. I just, I couldn't believe it. Wow. So, you know, it's just crazy. It's, it's insane. But, um, you know, we believe in a big God. Yeah. And I know your church is about prayer and I know that God hears prayer. So if your church can be praying for us in that, yeah. um, and maybe somebody in your church knows of, of some real estate or knows how to help us uh, put that together and they want to help and use what God has given them as a gift to help us navigate that, mm-hmm. um, they can call me or email me anytime. I've, I'm all ears. I've never bought anything like this before we've started an advisory board to try to start raising money towards this and uh we're doing this coronavirus or not we're 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 trying to get this going um so we really need prayer in that um and you know the other the other thing too like we had talked about before we did the recording drug overdoses and suicide is way up Mm -hmm. um um, within the homeless community Um, we haven't had um many outbreaks of the coronavirus within the homeless community. I think our, their immune system is just unbelievably different than, than us. Um, I think we're kind of soft when it comes to immunity like they are. Um, but, you know, we deal, with, we deal with a lot of depression and bipolar and schizophrenia, and they do a lot of self-medication. And because um, I know this is going to sound kind of weird to some of your folks listening to this, but because they've relaxed the laws and the jails so much and they've released so many people out of jail and they're not arresting people. Um, what happens is our folks don't have, they're addicted to drugs. So they don't have an off switch. Well, usually when before coronavirus, when they would get arrested and go to jail for 30 to 60 days on a warrant, it was 30 to 60 days that they would dry out of drugs and alcohol. Well, because nobody's getting arrested anymore, nobody's turning the light switch off on the drugs. And so they're overdoing it and our folks are dying Mm. Um, and there's no reprieve. And so I just pray, you know, I know I don't really think that jail is the biggest option for our folks, but at the same time, right at this current structure, we don't have any other option other than giving them, it's kind of like when my son does something wrong and I put him in his room for 30 minutes to have a timeout. (laughs) folks need a place for a timeout because they just don't know when is enough. Um, Mm. So if we can just pray, I don't know. I don't really know what to ask for prayer in that other than the fact that I know that our folks are really suffering. Yeah. So, Well, we'd be happy to pray for you. Do you mind? Hey, can I close us out with a little prayer right now? If that's all right with you, Dave, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you, man. Gracious God, I give you thanks for Dave and his ministry at Street Life. And we pray for all these things. We pray, God, and I give you thanks for the vision that you put on Dave's heart for this new way forward for Street Life Ministries. And God, if it's to be, we know it's because who you are. And so I just ask that your spirit would lead them, that you put the right people in place for this advisory board to make this happen so that they can continue to serve the people in the community by training them, giving them the practical life skills that they might need to be reintegrated into society in a quote unquote kind of normal-ish kind of way. Um, And so I just pray for that God. I pray for Dave and his ministry and his leadership and that capacity to build him up God as you build up so many other leaders in the community, keep him going, keep him strong. And I also just pray for the homeless people in the community. God, we just can't barely even imagine what it was that Dave was just talking about right there. So 
Lord, we lift up each and every one of those people to you, God. We know that every person on this earth has been formed and made in the image of who you are. And they are beautiful because of that. So Lord, we just ask that your spirit would be with those folks that in those places of depression, oppression, that you would provide some sort of release to their captivity, to that addiction to drugs and what's going on. And, and we don't even know what the solution is, but we know that we, we know and we trust in who you are, God, and your faithfulness and how you love your people. So help us know your love, help us know your freeing work of the Holy Spirit. And may they come upon the people of San Mateo County who are suffering right now as a result of the coronavirus and also the, the other implications of the coronavirus that's been happening for the homeless people in the community. We lift them up to you, God, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, all really right. quick, I just wanted oh, to yeah. say thank you to the Trinity. You guys, you guys have been a huge support, you know, ever since the very, very beginning, you know, when, uh, when I first came to that, your guys' church almost 13 years ago, uh, you and Mary Graves and, and Trinity have helped support us a lot. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. We appreciate you too and all you do for the community. And we're just overjoyed to be in partnership with you in a variety of different ways. So thanks, Dave. Well, we appreciate this time together. I look forward to the day that we can just get together and hug. Me too. I tell you, I think that after all this coronavirus is over, I think the church just, just needs to spend like a couple of days just hugging each other. <laughs> yeah, maybe we just won't go as far as the apostle paul and be kissing each other right you yeah, know, no, I don't, yeah, the holy kiss that's all good but we can hug each other that's cool <laughs> well, you know, you said you're going through the book of acts and you yeah. know it's amazing if you when you really sit down and you look at street life ministries and you look at the book of acts there's a lot of overlay yeah you know where, where the spirit is there and the holy spirit is showing up and people are questioning it it's it's interesting it is it's a very interesting look at, at the book of Acts. Is a, I love that. That's one of my favorite books. I love the book of Acts. Yeah, me too. It's one of my favorites too. Absolutely. Yeah.